The best way to learn a language? Immersion. Living where the language is spoken and using it every day. But if that's not in the cards this year, you can still learn a language the second best way. And that's with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts and help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's designed by real people for real conversations, and their tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching, so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription at babbel.com slash bluewire. That's 60% off at babbel.com slash bluewire, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash bluewire. Rules and restrictions apply. Welcome to episode number 336 of On the Court of the Official PitcherList.com podcast. I'm your host, Alex Fast, joined, as always, by the, uh, I think I said Furious last week. Did I say Furious last week? By the, um, by the clumsy, clumsy yeah. Nick Pollock. Yeah, what is happening? My boom arm during the list stream today collapsed on me. And you're like, how does one collapse their boom arm? I'm like, I don't know. It somehow magically became severed from the clamp and there's no like tear mm. it, it, it's like one of those with like the two triangles you're like how do you separate the two triangles from each other that is what, <laughs> what my boom arm and clamp is to? right now okay. you know well the one at the at the the, the puzzle shop that's got like <laughs> oh i have a horseshoe in and, oh, and two metal rods and how do you remove and like that's what happened because there's we're, no we're, i don't know how it happened under a minute and it's the uh, podcast is already called the wizard at the puzzle shop um <laughs> you heard it here picture list is held together by by floss uh, we are poor we can't even afford boom mics uh no. i i hope for our sake someone clipped it on uh, on the stream today because i would love love to see that clip um but that's not what we're here to talk about today you know why we're here for why we're here to talk about the top 100 and there is plenty to talk about today we have seen a week of the new number one best pitcher in baseball. We've got plenty of other guys to talk about, uh, some who have struggled mightily, and we need to hear from Nick uh, if you know if they're ever going to bounce back. And then one guy who isn't on the list, despite the fact that he really should be on the list. And oh, I man. realized How it did today. I, screw up? I realized did I screw it today, up, and I would like to know why he isn't on the list. We're going to get to him a little bit later. We'll bring him up at the tier in which I think he should be. Um, but we'll get to that as it comes. For now, Nick, are you ready to hear what your uh, your category is going to I, be? I cannot wait because I, I really harangued you last time. Yeah, about, you did. About, I don't know, the lack of creativity, uh, the, the or the, at least the space he gave me. And I need... I have long limbs, okay? I need to stretch out. You need I to need these wings to fly. You need to stretch it out. So what do you uh, got for By me? the way, 
the hint that we have, by the way, for the player who's been left off, had a uh, a, like a 358 ERA in July over 32 innings. Also had a 365 ERA in May. Really bad June. Not a great March and April, but on a very good run. Curious to see if you can guess who it is. But while we get to that point, the category today, Nick, is Oscar winning films. Best picture. Best picture Oscar winning oh, films. Best. That is what we are going with uh, with today. You asked for it. I did. I did it. I did it. I complained about bands. Yeah. I, and, well, it's the same. It's the same thing. Why do I get this? Because this is just what you get. Um, all right, Nick, let, let's let's hop right into it because there's a lot of fun people to talk about. We're going to go in starting right at tier number one, one through eight. We're talking about Jacob deGrom, Corbin Burns, Max Scherzer, Shane McClanahan at number four, Sandy Alcantara, Zach Wheeler, Justin Verlander, and Garrett Cole. What's it called and why is it called? Oh, I've got it fast. It let's is. It. Oh, it's Return of the King. Return of the King. Very good. It's, that is as perfect of a tier name as you'll find the rest of this podcast. Thank yeah. you. I can hear your applause right now listening. <laughs> I'm proud of myself too. And well, Jacob deGrom is now number one. Mm-hmm. And some were even arguing that he should be in a separate tier. I'm not ready to do that because, of course, there is still some concern about how yeah. much he's actually going to pitch in the last two months. But having two months means you are giving yourself less time to get re-injured. So... That's a good thing. And Jacob DeGrom you know, is just that good. Maybe it's a fun conversation for tomorrow or on Wednesday's Nick and Alex baseball show. Yeah. What would DeGrom need to do to win the Cy Young in the <laughs> short sample size? Because it's possible. Not allow a single run the rest of the way. But seriously, if he had a sub one ERA. Yeah. And Jacob DeGrom pitched every start until October. Did Chris Medlin. Do you think Chris Medlin should have won it in 2012? Um. Oh, that's I think it was 12 or not 2013, because I believe it was a 0.79 year right in the final two and a half months of the year. Yeah, God, that's tough. It's a good conversation to have. We'll have it tomorrow mm-hmm. or have it Wednesday, rather, on the Nick Knox Baseball Podcast. So you got to make sure you tune in there. Not going to be tomorrow night. Yeah, it's going to come out on uh, Wednesday, late, what, late Wednesday afternoon. Uh, we're going to yeah. put it out. We're going to record it midday Wednesday because I got to go to Rage Against the Machine. I've been waiting 20 years. It's yep, tomorrow, baby. I- Bought those tickets for us and moved half halfway, moved <laughs> across fault. the country. Halfway around yeah. the world, might as well. The other thing I wanted to talk about for Jacob deGrom, was it the first start that you said, okay, he's number one? Or was it the second most dominating, one of, maybe one of the best slider performances we've seen overall uh, on the year that you said, yeah, he's number one? Dude, it was beautiful. 18 out of 18 slider whiffs to begin that game eventually two foul balls in the next two swings and what that means is not like you throw 18 sliders and you get 18 whiffs that is 18 swings by atlanta returned 18 whiffs which i i wonder if it's in some ways more impressive but not not really but it's just like you you tried 18 times in a row to hit it and they all failed and it's my god that's um you know patrick corbin did 19 over 23 um, back in 2019 how hmm how the turntables. Yeah. Um, but I but yeah, Jacob deGrom deserves it. And I think after the first start, I wasn't quite there, but I think this one also at 70 pitches and getting it done. Yeah. Yeah, he deserves this. I think it was 70 or something close to that. He yeah. He's he's Jacob deGrom, guys. 
The other person that we would 100% be remiss if we didn't give some mention to is Shane McClanahan. Now, we talked about him last time. We brought up the fact that the Velo wasn't there. The Velo returns in this start against Detroit, and it's not a great start. There's one thing that our, 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 our good friend Jason Collette tweeted about that might have been something that we haven't been giving enough credence to, mm. um, which is the fact uh, it's, it's his Babbitt. Okay. Okay. So yep. as as Colette tweeted, McClanahan went 14 consecutive starts, allowing two or fewer earned runs with a 139 ERA in that run, 212 Babip, 92% left on base rate. And then the last two outings, 342 Babip, largely that start against the uh, Guardians that was responsible for that large Babip, 47% left on base rate and a big drop in strikeouts. Um the big question though is, you know, Nick. There are other dangers looming for McClanahan. You know, if the Rays fall out, do they shut him down? Um, is is are there injury concerns that are already always going to be there for for any pitcher? Uh, give some solace to Shane McClanahan owners right now who are thinking, is this the time for for me to move him? I just want to mention really quickly, uh, sometimes I appreciate that we're not live because then I can mute my mic and burp so loudly three times. And you just I felt it. Yeah, I know. You just keep taking it in stride. Yeah. Uh, and it's wonderful. Um, it. I mean, Colette isn't wrong. Um, at the same time, also, <laughs> I love that man. Uh, one for 33, four seamer whiffs against the Tigers. And that's not necessarily a Babbitt thing, but there is something to be said about putting yourself in a situation to be Babbitt, right? And that's a 14% swing strike rate normally uh, throughout the season. That's been one of the largest jumps this year. And actually, I think part of the reason why the changeup has been so good at 24% swing strike rate from McClanahan because that fastball has been so effective. So without mm-hmm. that heater doing that, it does open the door more for balls in play. And then all of a sudden, uh, you know, things don't go his way. Um, sure. So there was some regression expected. We didn't really think that he was an, a one eight ERA guy or whatever. Still, it's not like uh, it's not like he was just pitched the same and then got unfortunate about it. Mm-hmm. Um, that said, velocity was back up to 96.6. That's what you want to see. And I think he's, you know, he's allowed to get a couple bumps in the road. I honestly didn't really move him down, but I moved Scherzer, Max Scherzer up because Max Scherzer has been so dang good. Mm-hmm. So much so that the uh, the YouTube crowd, by the way, if you're not watching my pitcher breakdowns on YouTube.com slash pitchless, you should. They're getting upset at me that I'm not featuring Max Scherzer, who has a better ERA, 198 ERA, than Shane McClanahan at this point. Um, he just won 11 strikeouts against Atlanta over the weekend, and I just felt, you know what, this guy uh, kind of deserves it right now. Hmm. All right, very good. We're going to move on then to Tier 2. Uh, 9 through 16, Joe Musgrove, Carlos Rodon at number 10, Shohei Otani, Brandon Woodruff, Alec Manoa, Aaron Nola, Dylan Cease, Max Freed. What's it called? Why is it called that? Okay. Um, this is going to be a, such a struggle today. I, <laughs> I, 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 I like more. I like, winners. no, I haven't. I'm just going to okay. guess. I like the no. more abstract themes allows me to do interpretation and be creative. But when you're sure. saying it needs to be something that already exists, it, it messes me up. Noted, um, noted, noted and acknowledged for moving forward. Yeah? Noted. Oh, I thought we talked about this last time. Fast. <laughs> All right. I, I'll go with, I, um, uh, what's the oh my god what's uh, spoilers what's the rosebud movie citizen Kane. Citizen Kane. That, I kept, I, for whatever reason what's my head the, went to what's considered oh, the greatest movie ever made <laughs> oh yeah no 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 the revolutionary but i uh, 
it was i just kept thinking like casablanca in my head it was a c and it just i was like orson wells rosebud c Mm -hmm. i can't remember yeah it's it's casablanca just kidding it's this in kane because i because we know that they're good but it's like i just want to watch return of the king instead (laughs) fair enough okay great that's see even with this constraint, you're really knocking it out of the park. Uh, yeah, sure. Um, the, the the person that I kind of wanted to get your thoughts on a little bit here was Dylan Cease. Sent a tweet about him earlier. One of the three pitchers in baseball that has a uh, a pitch thrown over 600 times with a woba below 200, which is really unbelievable. Uh, I believe it's that slider uh, with the woba under 200. Oh yeah. The you know if we're if we're nitpicking a little bit the K's a little bit inconsistent in the past couple starts you know dominates the 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 athletics as he should but just four K's against the Guardians just five K's against Texas loses the command a little bit drops down that slider usage a little bit um is there any concern there about that inconsistency we've been seeing from him now first of all when you're and you're pushing me against something like this. You're not nitpicking. You're Nick pitting a fight. Uh, and nice. Dylan Cease's <laughs> best asset, as you know, is that slider. Um, and mustache. Uh, sorry. It's his mustache. Oh, oh, my God. I was like, what? You could talk about his four seam, really? Okay, fast. Okay. <laughs> he said his best asset. I think it was mustache. Jesus. As a pitcher. Okay. My Lord. Um, and it has been great. I will say it was actually not as good against the Rangers. He still had eight whiffs. That's really nice. Over 37 pitches, um, 35% CSW. But actually, I think like his command of it wasn't as, as good as I've seen. Um, and it meant that he couldn't put away as many guys, only five strikeouts, but still obviously an amazing start. I, uh, I, I want to keep pushing up Cease. That start made me go, wait a second, three walks. And that command that I fell in love with and said, like, this is my rock with with Dylan Cease, he's now kind of going a little bit more in the other direction. So it's like, ah, okay, I'm going to hold back one more to make sure that gets corrected, then we're good. I am in absolute shock. He has a 198 ERA. Yeah. I cannot, I cannot believe this. You really do not see a guy with a sub-2 ERA and a walk rate above 10%. Mm. That, is yeah, that is pretty unbelievable. So wrong in my mind. <laughs> um, and... I I just, I I kind of don't know how to handle that. Um, the the hard contact rate at seventeen point five percent is the best among all starting pitchers, and that's rooted in that slider being so good. A sub ten percent hard contact rate allowed is insanity. The four seamer, yes, I talk about being kind of wild and everything. Twenty two percent hard contact rate. The league average is thirty one percent. If you don't know hard contact, that's all plate appearances that end with a ninety five mile per hour exit velocity or higher. Uh, plate appearance is not bad at ball events so it's just a better indication of their success and it's like oh my god i mean maybe it's you know it's something we said dylan cease is all of his plate appearances ended a strikeout or a walk at, at about a 44 percent rate which is mm-hmm. abnormally high uh still uh it's it's really wild to see that and i, I mean i guess i gotta be giving more love i just feel there is more regression coming for him than the other guys and i've been more hesitant to push him higher up but Man, I was wrong on Dylan Cease, guys. Hi, what's up? I'm I'm here to admit it. Always, always good to admit. The other person I wanted to hit on upon this tier was was Max Fried. Started to throw the curveball a little bit more in his past three starts, really ing up that usage. Um, didn't necessarily have, uh, you know, kind of 
blow you away results in that specifically against the Mets. Uh, although the start overall was okay. I mean, the defense let him down a little bit. You went sending some two earned runs, four total runs, one walk and five Ks. What keeps him? I imagine what keeps him in that tier, obviously, is the fantastic results. I mean, this is a guy who's, you know, top 15 in ERA. He's throwing a heck of a lot of innings. Uh, fantastic with his command. But is what keeping him at the bottom of that tier just perpetually those low K totals? Yeah, I mean, that's it. There are so many really good starters. There's Joe Musgrove and Carlos Rodon and Joe Otani, yeah. Brandon Woodruff and Alec Manoa and Aaron Nola here. You know, there's part of me. It's like, Nick, you should have put Dylan Cease at 12 ahead of Woodruff. Hmm. Uh, but... Just, just do one more start. Cease. <laughs> uh, as far as Max Fried, it's, yeah, it's the strikeout totals, I will say, fifth in the majors in uh, innings pitched. If you don't know, you're wondering, how does Nick get all of these rankings? Like, well, this is just the bars on our player page. It's just right there in front of you. Uh, it, it's pretty fun. Go to our player pages, y'all. And that's really where Max Fried's value is. It's not just that he has a 260 array and a 108 whip, but he's also expressing it over more innings than the heavy majority of pitchers. So you're getting that 260 array that means more than the guy who does it a bad array in three innings. Yeah. Uh, so it's great stuff from free. But yeah, 23% K rate is just not the same strikeout volume as we see from other guys. Yeah, totally. Um, let's move on now to tier three, 17 through 23, uh, starting with Logan Webb, Shane Bieber, Julio Arias, Kevin Galsman, Hugh Darvish, Robbie Ray, and Tony Gonsolin. What is it called and why is it called that? I feel like we are constantly battling between are these guys good or not, and it never ends. So we're going to call it Titanic. Oh, what, uh, so are you saying as if Titanic is good or bad? Is that what you're saying? Well, it's more of like it just never ends. Oh, <laughs> it's so long. Okay. Okay. Now, the end result, I hope, is not like the Titanic. You sure, know? yeah, yeah. But maybe think of the positivity of like the millions and millions of dollars that James Cameron made because of the Titanic. You know, so there is yeah. a positive element to it. And hey, you got Downton Abbey because of it, right? So, uh, you know, I, I watched the first episode of Downton Abbey fast. I've never seen it before. <laughs> okay. I, I saw it like the other a... day. Oh, I've never God. seen it before. I love that. The and... notion of you introduced to hit shows from eight years ago is very funny to me. Well, like, uh, okay. Have you ever heard of the show called Breaking Bad? It's I, 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 I had never seen it before, and my girlfriend said, you got to watch it with me. Uh-huh. And I was like, fine. And I sat down and watched it, and I remember it was, eight, it was like April 1912 was the thing. I was like, oh, is this, that's when the Titanic. And I was like, then the whole thing is like about the Titanic. So that's fresh in my mind. You got new love it. cultural references up the wazoo. I love it. Big fan of those. Uh, the one person I wanted to talk about in this tier is a guy who, uh, you know, we had some concerns about at the beginning of the year because of the diminished velocity and because of the drop spin rate and Shane Bieber, obviously having a fantastic season so far. Then he hits the snafu against the White Sox a couple of weeks ago. He gives up six earned runs over six with one walk and four Ks. And since then he's bounced back with a vengeance, two really good starts, one uh, against Tampa Bay, the other against Arizona. That's uh, 13 total innings with 16 Ks in that time and just three earned runs given up in that span. Talk to me a little bit about Shane Bieber. I mean, Shane Bieber's slider has a 24% swing strike rate. His curveball has a 21%. And it's like, oh, hey, this is uh, this is the guy I've been, you know, we've been wanting to return for a while. I will say also the fastball velocity has gone up to 92 miles per hour, which isn't 94, but it's not 90.5 yeah. anymore. 
And that's a huge deal to me. I, I, one of my biggest hesitations about Shane Bieber has been that I uh, that reduced velocity through the year. And to see him actually hit that 92 mark in the last, our last two starts, really 91.9 uh, on July 29th. That's great. If it gives me more confidence, it doesn't mean that he's fixed and all of a sudden he's going to avoid all the bad outings. But as long as the breakers are doing great things, which they are, this gives him a little bit more leeway uh, when he does make mistakes with the fastball. All right. We're only going to hit on Shane Bieber in that tier, but that's because there's a few guys in tier four that I want to make sure we spend a good amount of time on. So let's move on to that. This is 24 through 30. Luis Castillo, Kyle Wright, Framber Valdez, Pablo Lopez, Chris Batten. Uh, Bassett, Charlie Morton, and Spencer Strider. What's it called, and why is it called that? Um, oh God, I uh, so okay. So Oscar winning films. I want to understand this. Mm-hmm. Does that mean no, it has to? Picture. Has it has to, to win. Be, has to have won Best Picture. Mm-hmm. Oh God, I don't know. Did, Tyne, did Titanic win Best Picture? Yeah, it had to. Win. Oh, how come on? Yeah. What was the second one? It was Return of the, the sequel. Citizen. The yeah, sequel yeah. of the Titanic. No, no, no. Uh, Citizen Kane. <laughs> oh, the iceberg strikes back. How did Coda win? Last uh, sorry. Um, I'm sorry. Uh, that, that's amazing. I, I don't know. I l- let's call it. Um, oh, it had to win Bex. I don't know the things that won Best Picture. Okay, didn't didn't that book that book move Green Book? Didn't it win? The green book. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So please talk it's called to me. that because like you're not an ace. No one's like, you know, for years, a well-known best picture films. Okay. Like the green book isn't among that for whatever reason. Ta-da. Okay. I did. All right, great. Well done. We talked a little bit. And it's a lot a of green bit. in this tier too. That's where I thought you were going with it. We talked oh, a little okay. bit last <laughs> week about um, Luis Castillo, who ended up dropping, and that was mostly because of the people who were moving up ahead of him. But there was some concern on your end about whether or not he was going to be able to do to the Yankees what he did uh, on the 14th of July. And while it wasn't as necessarily dominant as what he did in July, still a quality start, you know, three and runs over six and two thirds with three walks and eight Ks, uh, you know, but Picked up an okay amount of whiffs uh, over overall. Good amount of called strikes under the day with about a 31% CSW. Going to get the Yankees again. He ends up rising uh, just one spot or, you know, he, he passes this test sort of. Are you still just waiting to see if he can do it again before pushing him up? Yeah, I, I just want that. I mean, I know it was a careful Icarus where he went six innings and one run. They allowed two extra ones in the seventh. Uh, careful Eric being you held on. He went too late in the game and it messed up your ratios. Mm-hmm. Um, no, I, I mean, I understand all the reasonings that I uh, he's the projections like him now that he's in Seattle, but I will make the case that a if George Kirby is still in that rotation, that's a six man now as opposed to a five man, and that become can be a difference on the stretch where yeah, throwing eight games as opposed to 10 games can make a difference. Mm. Uh, that's 20% of production loss, right? Uh, there's something to be said about that. Uh, we don't know if George Kirby is going to consistently be there, but there's something, you know, maybe you lose a start or two. Good old All- George Kirby. <laughs> Did I just say George? Yeah. <laughs> like George. your famous picture, Jared Jurgens. Who could forget Jared Jurgens? Oh, how can he throw a no hitter? He's a sinker baller, lives on the edges. <laughs> oh, one of the stupidest lines in any movie ever. Okay. <laughs> Uh, bonus points, whoever tweets at me the name of that movie, and I hate it. Um, anyway, uh, Luis Castillo, also, we had we talked a lot about um, the, you know, 
the home field being better for for Castillo than Cincinnati. But then again, his uh, his luck in Cincinnati or in general before the trade it was very favorable. Um, I still I, I still want him to do one more. Sorry, I feel like it's going to be a bad one against the Yankees right now, and I feel kind of weird moving guy up expecting mm. a bad start ahead. I that's just a traditional thing of mine, um, and maybe that's a wrong approach. But I felt that I shouldn't really move him at all. Like, keep in mind, everybody, Clayne Kershaw had to come off the list. Terry Kul- Scuba had to come off the list, and so did John Gray. John Gray is around 30. Kershaw yeah. was in the top 25. So it does mean innately there's some plus ones and plus twos um, around here. Okay. The other person I wanted to talk about in this tier is a guy that we really haven't mentioned all too often, which maybe is my fault. And that's Framber Valdez, who rises to, he's firmly at number 26 right now, 2.87 ERA, you know, about top 20 in ERA, giving you a good amount of wins, giving you a good amount of innings. The walks still not great for him as that walk rate is an improvement from last year's 10%, but still uh, around 9%. The thing is though, picking up a career high amount of swings and misses on that curveball so far to start the year. We didn't really get the K's that we were expecting to see in that last start against the Guardians, but that definitely was more of a blip as ahead of those starts, aside from one against Oakland. He's been consistently good. What are you thinking about Framer Valdez? Uh, Framer Valdez has been a rock for your fantasy teams. I mean, uh, it's as simple as that. Uh, Six plus innings in how many straight starts <laughs> uh, i have to go all the way back to wow his third start of the year that's where unreal. he hasn't gone six innings uh so if you're in a quality start league there you go every single one of those is a quality start as he hasn't allowed more than three and runs since that game i uh, uh, unreal to say the least uh that's 18 okay. straight games so good stuff for everybody does i mean the curveball is an elite pitch as you mentioned and the sinker is performing well. It's coming in harder than ever before at 94 miles per hour. It was 92.5 last year. It's lowered its hard contact rate. It's still bad at 35%, but we're talking 40 and 46 in the last two years. And that was my biggest concern entering the season to see that he's doing that less while still maintaining the same strike rate at 68% that we saw in 2020. Things are good for Amber Valdez. And I do really also want to mention uh, Pablo Lopez very quickly. Um, as Pablo Lopez, I think I should have honestly lowered him more than I did. He was my uh, next person. So, well, let, well, you let said me only, him. well, you said only one more in this tier. So, uh, no, 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 I didn't. Oh. I didn't say that, did I? There's I'm a, sorry. No, I said a few, a few, a few. Um, but, but uh, real quick, you know, because obviously, yeah. you know, we joked a little bit about Pablo Lopez last week. We said this is the one big blow up. The, the, the Cubs start wasn't a blow up. Five, four earned runs, two walks, and six Ks isn't a blow up. It's definitely not great. Really destroys your whip with the nine hits. Change up not doesn't look good. Four seamer commandos a little bit off. There you go. Now now the stage is set. Oh, it's my turn. Okay, cool. Your turn. Um, and go <laughs> his, to uh, his four seamer is ninth best in the majors uh, with a thirty three percent CSW, which is impressive if you ask me. I uh, and the change up in this one wasn't as. Th- I mean, it, it look. When it comes to Pablo Lopez, first four starts were magical, and since then he has a four three ERA and he has bad mm-hmm. whip and. It's kind of getting to the point of it's not like I want to get rid of Pablo Lopez on my fantasy teams, but he's not as consistent as Framber Valdez. He's not like Chris Bassett just went off today and Charlie Morton. And you can argue Spencer Strider, who's winning your week on strikeouts, essentially, mm-hmm. even though he went 2.2 innings against the Mets. So if I had this back, I probably would put him two spots lower underneath Charlie at 29, but I probably wouldn't put him all the way down to the fifth tier. Uh, I, I do think that he should be better moving forward. 
So, Chris Bassett was actually the final person that I wanted to talk about in this tier. Did you rank him before or after the dominant start against the Reds today? Oh, I before. Before? before. Okay. Yes. Yeah, because so, you, you know, the game <clears throat> ended around like an hour or two ago. Oh, okay. Uh, I'm on the West Coast. I don't know what time it is. Unbelievable anymore. fast. The world nope. revolves around New York, not L.A. <sighs> uh, tell me about you it. You know this. You lived it. here. I I still believe it to my core. I hate this place. Um, yeah, yeah. They, okay. <laughs> Sorry, uh, Gray. Get out of here. Yeah. Go back to Sorry, Gray. Sorry, Vlad. I love you. This place is accessible. Um, the, you know, can I make a... I'm going to do this on air because this is how we grow as a company. Can I make on a air. player page suggestion, even though they're the best player pages in baseball? Please. Because this is how we get better, and I want people to show how transparent... Yeah, go ahead. What up? You know what would be a fun toggle? Because we have, if you go to the player pages, which you should, you should be using them. One of the best things about them is you can show the 2022 MLB average. And I love that. You know what I'd like? I'd like to be able to see the career number for a pitch comparatively as a drop down. You know what I mean? So not only show for that player. Yeah. So, for example, the next person I wanted to talk about was Chris Bassett. He's got uh-huh. a, a a near 16% swinging strike rate on that four-seamer, 90% positive that it is a, a career high for oh. him. Oh, actually, oh. I can just go to all and see that. Uh, I'm wrong. I can just go to all. I don't need a toggle. I can see that it is not a, a career high. As high was 2020, where it was 16.8. So I apologize for that. Yeah. Uh, um, now, has- that said, under all, we should have a final one at the bottom that is the career average. Mm. Okay. We great. should do there that. That's a great suggestion. There we go. I'll so Chris Bassett, with the with the dominant performance that he had today over the Reds, where he goes eight innings pitched with no earned runs, one total run, one walk, eight Ks, and eight hits. Uh, does, I, I imagine that vaults him over Pablo Lopez. Does that put him in the back end of tier three at the top of tier four? Where is he going? Uh, I'm not sure. I'm really given the ace is going to ace quite again. So I probably would put him right underneath uh, Framer Valdez at the moment. But uh, for more information on that, you're going to have to read my roundup and listen to the Plus Pitch podcast tomorrow morning. Love it. Very quickly, Spencer Strider, not a great outing. Also a little bit unlucky, at least according to him, and uh, against the Mets. <laughs> at number 30, rises three. I imagine that just speaks to you not being in any way, shape, or form concerned about that start. Yeah, so I think I put even a note. Maybe I didn't on Strider. Um, I mentally did about wanting to say, like, yeah, you're going to see a plus three after the day before, but that's because... You saw the fall of Frankie Montas. You saw the the removal of John Gray, the removal of Clayton Kershaw. Um, I didn't touch Strider. And I felt that yesterday's start was more of a product of the Mets giving him really good at-bats. I watched that one. Mm. And the fact that Strider was throwing strikes, like, sure, he threw some some fastballs that were more hittable, and the Mets took advantage of that. Like, Nimmo's first at-bat of the game set the tone for the entire outing. Um, three two battle that that then a fast within the middle smoke to left center field for a hit right and that's how i felt that went it wasn't an indication of strider being worse than i thought he was before okay well let's move on to tier 5 31 through 41 31 uh frankie matas tristan mckenzie neston nestor cortez luis garcia tyler anderson blake snell lance lynn christian javier freddie peralta zach gallon reed detmers What's it called and why is it called that? I think I have a really good one for this fast. Okay. And I'm going to tell you after this break. 
Hey, Alex Fast here, and thanks for listening to this podcast on the Pitcher List Podcast Network. If you're a fan, consider supporting all of us by getting a PL Plus subscription, where you're going to get an ad-free website and get access to our Discord, where you can talk to all of our podcast hosts and staff. Plus, you can hang out with our incredible Pitcher List community. It's basically a baseball sanctuary year-round for as low as $8 a month. You can sign up at PitcherList.com backslash plus, and you're going to get your first month free with promo code podcast also don't forget to check out everything else we do as well from youtube videos live streams newsletters off-season articles tiktoks breakdowns over 15 baseball podcasts on our network we can't stop talking about baseball even during the off-season so sign up for pl plus today at pitcherlist.com backslash plus and use promo code podcast to get your first month free all right thanks for listening let's get back to the show I don't really and we're back. Nick no. is going through the list of best pictures, trying to figure out which one he's going to do. I had it. Cut this, Nick. All right. Who is I'm it? not Come cutting on, this. No, nope. no, I had it. I had Time's it. Running out. What no, is it? Not. Oh, it's not. Time's not running out. What are you talking about? All right, fine. Um, this is called the Braveheart tier. <laughs> the Braveheart. Okay. Yeah. Not Braveheart. The Braveheart. No, it's the Braveheart tier. Oh, okay, okay. And you want to know why? Um, uh, why? Because you're going to hold them. Oh, very good. I'm not going to shout it right now. (laughs) Um, uh, uh, A lot of Yankees fans need holding because they saw Luis Castillo dominate. Uh, They saw Jordan Montgomery look very good. And then they got their Frankie Montas, who didn't really have the debut that you would want him to have. As he goes three innings pitched with six earned runs, three walk and two K's. Maybe it was the fact that he hadn't pitched for eight days. Maybe Mm. the shoulders acting up a little bit. He falls two spots. What are you thinking about Frankie Montas? Uh, Slider got hit a bit because he hung the dang thing. Uh, and yeah, I feel like this is just a a weird circumstance. Let them, (laughs) let them fight, you know, like let them pitch. (laughs) You'll be fine. Uh, I really, I'm not worried about Frankie Montes. Um, Tyler Anderson, uh, twirls another gem, uh, last night against San Diego. Obviously they used your wonderful gif on, uh, they better. I make them. (laughs) (laughs) Never watching it being like, they use the Tyler Anderson thing. I'm like, Oh, he's like, Oh, Cool. I'm like, what? That's where we're at right now. It is just so like whatever. The fastest featured on it is not that. Sunday Night Baseball. It Unbelievable. is unbelievable. What a diva this man. No, is. stop. The people I work with are fantastic, <laughs> but sometimes the broadcast does not get around to using it because uh-huh. you know I made one for Adam Wainwright about how good he is at throwing called strikes, and what did he do? Threw no called strikes. So they were like, "We're not going to use this," and it's no fault of theirs. But sometimes you spend three or four hours on them, and they don't get used. Mm-hmm. And you're like, "Great." Um, I think that's Adam Wainwright's fault. Did you send him a letter? I, I will. I'll write him a letter and I'll see if yeah, he please do that. I think honestly, Adam Wainwright would do that. He would order. He would he might. respond. Yeah. He might. He's All respect kind of to the world. Yeah. Uh, Tyler Anderson, uh, you know, he has that blip against San Francisco. But before that, man, just to cruise in the USA. Great start in Colorado. Took care of the Giants before the blow up on the 22nd of July. And then, yeah, he's not giving you those strikeouts. But that change up, you know, we talked a little bit earlier about the three pitches that were uh, had a sub 200 Woba. He is one of the three with that changeup, just an absolutely dominant pitch for him. But again, like Max Fried, not many strikeouts. Talk about his placement as he rises seven in tier five. Look at you. You, you forgot that this is the, the Oscar winners, best picture, not the video game 
tier saying cruising usa over here great game though great game. Uh, it, it was it was a great dumb fun game oh yeah yeah sometimes there's a beauty in like how dumb they are like this is so dumb i'm gonna enjoy vigilante 8 now for the next hour I mm. uh, but anyway <laughs> we have this change up that is way better this year with tyler anderson 46 percent o swing after 40 percent last year 22% swing strike rate. There's a fantastic video. Baseball doesn't exist talking about sticky stuff in the majors right now. You saw it on his hat last night. Like it's not, uh, well, you, you see it. It's okay. It's, it, I wouldn't be surprised if that's part of the reason why he's changed. It went from having a 252 batting average last year to a 159 this year, 181 Woba this year, the expected average of 184. Like, it's not like, you know, he's getting just good luck with this. Uh, 12% hard contact allowed is, is insanely good on that changeup. It's just, all right, there's something at play, and that's fine. I'm starting to accept that more. Um, that said, yeah, he probably is getting a little bit of good luck, and I don't think that he's going to hold a one whip in a 272 ERA um, with the 20% strikeout rate forever. So I'm happy it's working. I'm happy it's lasting. You just keep throwing him out there at this point, and there are times when I just go, I don't really care. It's a wonderful, glorified Vargas rule, and who cares what I think? I'm just not going to draft them next year. Yeah. Now, I, I'd like to dis- – there's an interesting thread about this because I, I tweeted the, the GIF last night, um, and Robert Stock, uh, you know, fantastic relief oh, yeah. pitcher. I think he's pitching over in the KBO right now. He's also just an awesome follow, Robert Love Stock 6 on Twitter, big video game nerd as well. Um, he brought up uh, a really interesting point. Um, where if you're going to get more drop on uh, sticky stuff leads to more spin, which would theoretically lead to less drop, I believe, for the changeup in particular. So, uh, and the spin rate hasn't really changed; it increased 10 RPM, which is mm-hmm. nothing. Um, so I don't know for this if, for the changeup if it is that. I think it is the um, the the new the new grip, which is really the old grip that he's gone back to. And then Nick Savali had a nice breakdown about some of the mechanics that have changed for him. Um, but I thought that was interesting. Robert Stock uh, had some good things to say. That's a very that. interesting point. I, I will mention that uh, something about changeups is how it feels coming out of your hand mm. uh, and being able to, you know, especially with, you know, I, I've talked a lot about changeups and how awkward they can be where you're taught all your life, you throw with your index finger and your middle finger. That's how you throw a four-seam. You grip it with those mm-hmm. two fingers. And a change-up traditionally, you're not you're throwing with the index finger anymore. You're throwing with your middle finger and your ring finger. Essentially, you're remaking that four-seam grip, but now with your middle and index finger instead. Or a middle, sorry, middle and ring finger. And it can feel very awkward and slide out of your hand towards your pinky sometimes too much. And it can, mm-hmm. you just have less sensory... Uh, uh, control um, with it. So having sticky stuff can keep it inside your hand how you want it to be to mm. follow through proper longer. I can absolutely oh. imagine that because I, I mean, I, I saw one who struggle with it personally a lot. I've, I've worked with, uh, worked with pitchers who struggle with that too and how to get around that. Um, and, you know, just like, okay, just throw, literally throw with your friends, just change ups back and forth just to get more used to that with your ring through stuff like that. Sticky stuff could theoretically help with it. I don't know. I could be completely wrong on this and off base, but it's not only just about gaining more spin um, when it comes to sticky stuff. Very good point. A fun conversation as well. Yeah. One person in this tier um, since July 
uh, is third in ERA with a minimum of 30 innings. Who is it? Reed Detmers. Reed Detmers, 116 ERA. That's my boy! With a 11, what is it? It's an 1193 um, K per nine and a 33% K rate. Still working with that 9% walk rate. Uh, 180 average against. He's up here. Probably the highest spot he's been all year. He jumped, not, no, definitely the highest spot he's been all year. So much hype around him in the, in the offseason and spring training about what he was doing. We're finally seeing it. Talk to me a little bit about Reed Detmers, who wraps up this tier. 33% K rate, 15% swing strike rate, 3% homer fly ball rate in those last five games. Uh, slider usage is up to one third of the time. And that's everything. Uh, if you guys remember me from April and May, I mean, you, I'm sure you've heard me say this endlessly, endlessly, but what was the problem with Reed Detmers? Why couldn't I buy in after the no hitter? Because the slider wasn't getting whiffs. It was oh, yeah. just a fastball curveball that I just kind of didn't feel was enough for Reed Detmers. I need to see that slider getting whiffs. What do you know? That is exactly what the pitch has been doing uh, over the last few starts. The slider had 10 whiffs on July 31st, eight whiffs on August 6th. The man hath arrived. And there's a great uh, athletic article about uh, Reed Detmers changing his mechanics. Buddy Carlisle worked with him, all of a sudden tweaked his shoulders, and all of a sudden he had the slider back. Because I did remember. The thing is, I wasn't just saying out of the blue, oh, the guy needs a slider. Mm. No, I remembered this from from September of last year. There were moments when he had that. I I saw it in spring training that he was able to do it at times. And I was like, oh, that's the thing. I need that to exist. And it just didn't uh, in the spring of of the, the Major League season. And here it is. And it's incredible now. I mean, he just, what, tens, he had 10 slider whiffs and also four-seamer whiffs, nine of them, because once he has that slider, it makes his four-seamer that much better. He can use it in different ways. He can actually surprise guys up in the zone with 94-mile-per-hour heat. Ah, oh, I love Reed Detmers. Now, I need, of course, be smart about this and say just because he's done it like this for X amount of starts or just a couple starts, he's going to do it for the next two months now. No, but it's a nice trend and hopefully it keeps trending in that way. So I, I'm stoked about Reed Detmers. I can't wait for him to finish the entire season like this and me to just say, I get me Reed Detmers in the sixth round <laughs> everywhere next year. <laughs> that would be lovely, but uh, we'll see what happens. I mean, just go get Reed Detmers in any way you can right now. If he's there. Yeah, absolutely. Let's move on to tier six, 42 through 48. Uh, talking Logan Gilbert, Martin Perez, Miles Michaelis, Tyler Molly, Lucas Giolito, Nick Lodolo, and Jesus Lazardo. What's it called? Why is it called that? Um, this one is called Ordinary People. <laughs> okay. Uh, if you wouldn't mind... Um, please regale me with the plot of, of Oh, it's a people. sad one. There's a there's this there's <laughs> there's an accidental death, death of uh of a son <laughs> of some really like wealthy family. Yeah. And you know, it strains their relationship. So they have a really just a tough of the mother who's very bitter, the <laughs> the father who's just really nice. As far as you know, right. it's a Robert Redford film. Of course, classic. Um, yeah, classic. yeah, yeah, yeah. Donald Sutherland, right. you didn't know that? Mary yeah, Tyler Moore. It's yeah. It, uh, it only grossed 54 million at the box. Wow. I had no idea you were so yeah, I know. An expert <laughs> on the on the hit. It came out in 1980. Film. Yeah. yeah exactly. and, uh, I think it was about 124 minutes or something like that. <laughs> it might 
if I listen, gun to my head, I think it's 124 minutes. Yeah, just um, something like that. All right. Why is it called that? And so, uh, yeah, why is it called that? Well, I mean, because he got like Martin Perez and Viles Michaelis, you know, they're ordinary people. Oh, that was good. That's good stuff, Nick. Um, <laughs> that's very good stuff. Uh, so I'm a little bit curious. We, we finally get Tyler Molly outside of, of Cincinnati. We say, oh, Lordy, let's rejoice. He's outside of Cincinnati. He's not going to be terrible at home in Minnesota. And what happens? He's not great at home. Uh, that was a long, runs. like, clapping of the hand sentence. He is not okay at home. <laughs> at home. Yeah. Six innings pitch, four and runs, one walk, five Ks. Uh, it really didn't live up to it. Obviously, facing a really good offense in the Jays, unless you're the Orioles, who just beat them seven to four. <laughs> oh, um, but not great. <laughs> Talk to me a little bit about Tyler Molly. I'm just I can't get over the fact that like no one is saying anything about what the Orioles have done except you. And you're like, there are dozens of us. And dozens. Uh, yeah. Um anyway, Rushman's gonna be the rookie of the year, but go on. I kind of hope he is. I think that's a cool thing. He has um, the second highest war and second highest WRC plus, and he's done it in half the at-bats that Julio did. I'm just saying it's very exciting. I'm just saying you're the only person in the world that is happy Julio got hurt. Anyway, um, I'm not not happy he got hurt, but yeah, go ahead. Uh, But uh, no, no, he's fastest and happy he got hurt. He's just happy at the silver linings. Um, Anyway, uh, Tyler Malley was pitching really well and then had a bit of a careful degrees against the Jays. And I think a lot of our problems are gone. He's in the AL Central with such a lovely schedule now. And he doesn't have to deal with Cincinnati. I think this is such a good move for him and such a good fit. I'm all for this. Okay, great. The other person we should talk about in this tier is a guy that we haven't really seen necessarily rise in the past couple of weeks. And here he is moving up five spots Uh, in Lucas G. Alito. That's everyone coming down. Oh, so really no faith in Lucas G. Alito after it's it's, it's kind of he's in purgatory right now. Sure. Okay. So uh, talk a little bit more about that. Yeah, Sorry, I mean the fastball. The fastball was a little bit better, ninety-two point five-ish. But like, we want to see ninety-four from him at least, get into the ninety-three point five range or something like that. And the changeup and slider, like he had a little bit of the imperial shuttle, but that's not that is not Giolito's <laughs> game. You said okay. it was fetch, and you keep using it. I'm just you know saying. this is because I like you so much, fast. Thank I'm you, doing bro. it for you. Thank I don't you. say it to anyone else. You realize this is the only time I ever say it. It's so good. Is it though? It's good stuff. Is it? Um, so I, I, it's, it's weird. It was a start where I felt like his fastball command was a little bit off. And I don't know. It, it just didn't feel like proper Giolito in this outing. But it did work. Then again, nine base runners against the Rangers. Normally, he's more confident with that changeup more towards the middle of the zone. And it faded a little too much uh, at times here. So... Neither his changeup nor his slider earned 20% CSW as well. I'm a little concerning about that. Um, yeah, it, it's it's not coming together quite as we want it to, and he's in this purgatory at the moment. I need to see a start that says, oh, that is it. The changeup gets like double-digit whiffs, or the fastball's up to 93 and change, and just keep progressing forward. And this one felt was, ah, okay, there's some good elements, but not totally consistent. Jesus Lazardo, uh really nice start. He's moving up. He moves up eight spots into the top 50 uh, real quick because we have plenty of people to get into. And Nick, I'm, I'm putting this for you on a silver platter right now. Go ahead and say it. What? What do you want? We might go a little bit 
long on this podcast. I might go a little bit long on this one. <laughs> oh, um, uh, man. Well, we're really off our game. I can't do the ads. You can't do the same slogan. No. Uh, Jesus Cesardo uh, bounces back. Oh, it doesn't bounce back. He had a pretty good start against Cincinnati, but a really nice start against the Cubs. He was the featured uh, pitcher in the SP roundup. Seven innings pitched, no earned runs, one hit, one walk at six Ks against the Cubs. Talk to me about Jesus. So, okay. Um, Jesus Lazardo has come back from uh, the IL, and what he has done isn't quite what I've wanted. Uh, in the beginning of the year, he was throwing about 97 with his four seamers, throwing four seamers more than sinkers, and his curveball was 40% usage, which is his best pitch. What we've seen now that he's come back, the sinkers more than four seamers, a 95.5 mile per hour four seamer, and curveball is taking a back seat. We saw under 20% usage in this second. So I think it was closer to 35 in the first one, but t- sub 20% in this one. That's very concerning to me because I believe in that approach I just described and not the one that I've been seeing. Now, on the flip side of that, the changeup is better than it ever has been. The last two starts have been kind of insane for it um, with uh, with some amazing results. 14 whiffs between the last two starts on that changeup. 55% CSW in the first one, 31% in the second one for that changeup. That is, okay, hold on a second. Maybe there is something there with that. At the same time, he failed to earn a single whiff on his curveball in that last start against the the Cubs with just 5% CSW. So what gives? I don't know what to trust right now. I don't know if I can trust in Lazardo being a fastball changeup guy. That doesn't seem like it's going to work in the long term. Only 19% four-seamers didn't even throw them apparently in the the first game. And then it's mostly sinkers. I don't really like his sinker. I like his four-seamer more. I don't know what to think. So I'm kind of lost at the moment about Jesus Lazardo. I think I just kind of wait and see. It might be a trap play this week against Atlanta because Atlanta's good against lefties. And this isn't, to me, the overwhelming Lazardo. So I don't know. I'm, I'm waiting before I make any major moves here. All right, let's move on to the next tier then. Tier 7, 49 through 58. Merrill Kelly, Marcus Stroman, Andrew Heaney, Jordan Montgomery, Carlos Carrasco, Taiwan Walker, Mike Clevenger, Aaron Ashby, Jose Arquiti, Edward Cabrera. What's it called and why is it called that? Uh, it's called Chariots of Fire. Ooh. Because these look glorious like chariots, but they're kind of on fire. <laughs> <laughs> That's really lovely. Can you go ahead, please, and sing the famous theme song from Chariots? Um, no, I'm not going to do the slow motion uh, score. Okay, very good. All right, good. I'll take that as an answer. Um, yeah. I, I, You know me, I hate to dwell on the negative. It's, you know, we both share that in common when it comes to pitching, but there are a few guys that we should talk about here who fall pretty significantly. The first is a guy who got absolutely shellacked, couldn't even make it into the second inning and what was an absolute nightmare start, and that's Taiwan Walker. One inning pitched, eight earned runs, no walks, no Ks, seven hits. I mean, just truly getting ambushed. Um, I think you tweeted that his ERA literally went from like 2.8 to pretty much 3.5 in a single start. And for that to Uh happen in August is pretty remarkable. Talk to me about why that start led to him dropping 13 spots. Well, it wasn't just that start for Taiwan Walker. It was kind of the collection of the last three, uh, as he's only earned four whiffs on a slider in his last three starts. And for me, the thing that that's been the major surprise through the year, really a slider and the splitter working as well as they have. And the fastball, sure, it's it's kind of this thing that is 
has, has propelled Walker through uh, through success in the past, but he needs help with the secondary stuff for me to actually feel good about him. That though, those pitches going away makes me a little scared about it. And also, I I gotta say fast, I, I think about you, and I think like you're a guy who would wake up at four a.m. in a cold sweat thinking about this Taiwan Walker start. Um, more so the next guy that I wanted to talk about, mm. which was Mike Clevenger. Oh yeah. All the time. Mike Clevenger. Yeah. It's just, it, it, <laughs> it, 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 for me, it's time to let go. I mean, this is not the Mike Clevenger that, oh, listen, I mean, obviously it was against the Dodgers, the best team in baseball right now. Um, this is a start that I personally sat him for, but even the starts against Colorado, listen, maybe I'm just too incredibly hard on him because he did have a 33% uh, CSW in that start against Colorado, but the start against Detroit was lackluster. Um, Arizona was okay. Then he was in cores. It just, we're not seeing the Mike Clevenger that we have been accustomed to seeing. And yeah, the, the ERA isn't terrible. He's not actively hurting your fantasy teams. I mean, he's got a 1.12 whip, but this man is a, is a shadow of what he once was. Uh, he, he ends up falling 11 spots. What are you thinking about Mike Clevenger? When he when Mike Clevenger had a 34% strikeout range in 2019, uh, he also had a slider that returned to 39% CSW. Right now, it's a 24% CSW. Mm. And that's, mm, that's it right there to me. Uh, I don't think that Mike Clevenger is the man that we want him to be without elite secondaries. He doesn't have one right now. And that means that we are seeing a guy who's trying to get by with fastballs. So before this Dodgers start, I had a, a good discussion inside of Twitch after he did well against Rocky Road. And I said, look, like this is a guy without his proper breakers. Now he goes against the Dodgers. I don't want to do that. And it didn't go well for him. It's why I'm also not for Joe Ryan later this week, uh, because he doesn't have his slider. And he just did well against the Tigers, but that's the Tigers mm-hmm. and not, you know, not the Dodgers. So I... I'm a little worried about Clevenger. Um, I think this is uh, this is something that isn't going to get much better very quickly. Um, it could, and I'll be really excited about that. Not to mention the fastball velocity has dipped a little bit as well. Um, we're talking about 94 as opposed to 95 and change even. Um, so it's just not great at the moment. Now we'll say the cutter has done well. A 35% CSW, 76% strike rate on it but it has allowed a ton of car hard contact 31%. Mm. So I'm not co- totally convinced that it's helping him as much as the CSW would suggest because it's not, she just says to me, Oh, he's throwing it. Oh yeah. 61% zone rate. He's just throwing it in there, hoping to steal some strikes and guys are hitting it pretty well. So it's not all there. And I think I was hoping or holding on to the idea that the lead breakers were still present. They're not. And so he needs to take a fall. The last guy to talk about this tier makes his return this past week and Edward Cabrera going five innings with no earned runs, no hits, three walks and eight K's against the Cubs. I'll tell you what the upper uh, up and in to righties was it this weekend and Edward Cabrera was staying as far away from it as possible <laughs> hovering at the zone. Uh, the command calmed down after the first inning where I don't know if it was the first he walked all three or if he just walked two, but a majority of those walks came early in the game as he settled. What did you think about Edward Cabrera reappearing as he's at number 58? Do you want to know what his zone rate was in this start from across all of his pitches? Like 30? No, 18%. <laughs> And that's across oh all your pitches. And keep in mind, the MLB average 
is 45%. That's unbelievable. 45% of all your pitches are supposed to be in the zone. 18%. That's what does he do? I mean, it's three walks, but he had uh, an O swing um, pretty high. I believe it's got to be high um, in this one. I'm missing it somehow, and it's all fine. 44%. So that's all right. If you're getting 44% overall, then that can work. Uh, what is interesting is that it wasn't actually just a change up that did well in this, but actually the slider and the curveball combined for 10 whiffs between them over a 45% CSW, actually closer to 47 between the two of them, which is really impressive and something that we're not really used to from Edward Cabrera. But I am very worried by the fact that it was an 18% zone rate. I don't think that he's going to be able to get away with that <laughs> against teams that rhyme with bubs. And I, uh, I, it's just not quite me being sold yet. So let's just wait another start and see where uh, Edward Cabrera is. All right. Moving on to tier eight, 59 through 64, Joe Ryan, Braxton Garrett, Sonny Gray, Sean Maniah, Jeffrey Springs and George Kirby. What's it called? Why is it called that? Oh, I was not ready. Um, okay. I let's go with Rocky. Oh, okay. So, Cause they're nice young guys trying to overcome. No, it's 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 a rocky road. Oh, okay, okay, fair enough. It's, it's not uh, it's not steady. There are a lot of pitfalls and things in the way from their success. All right, let's talk about the highest riser in that tier. Uh, at Alex Mayer thirty four uh, tweeted yesterday that George Kirby has the highest strikeout to walk ratio through a pitcher's first fifteen career starts. In MLB history, that's a 7.36 strikeout to walk ratio. You raise him 15 spots. Talk to me about George Kirby. We don't know how much we're going to see of him. Uh, we knew that this start was going to happen as a doubleheader against the Angels, which I, we were like, yes, Angels, not good. George Kirby, good. Start him. Mm. And now it's okay. Is it a six man as we were talking about with Luis Castillo? Is it not? Are they going to throw him like one start here and then not for a while? I, I I'm a little worried about it. And I'm still also worried by the fact that his secondary stuff is kind of mediocre. Uh, he does not have a pitch outside of his four-seamer with a swing strike rate above 10%. His slider is 9.9, but I still can say my statement. <laughs> and a four-seamer is a 16.5, though. And it's obviously a fantastic offering. It's an elite fastball. But he just needs one other element for me to actually feel consistent in George Curve because when you just rely so heavily on that, it can create problems. Sure, he has a 24% called strike rate on his curveball. Everybody does, okay? Uh, a slider is a 23% CSW with just a 60% strike rate. Like, that is not a good offering. Mm. I, I'm i concerned by that for the long term. And until I see something from George Kirby, I mean, it's kind of akin to Logan Gilbert here. Um, as showcase, hey, I have this other aspect. I think that George Kirby could truly soar given how good that four-seamer is. But you need something else. Okay. That was a tiny little baby tier. We're going to move on to our first chonker. It's tier nine, 65 through 78. Patrick Sandoval, Jose Barrios, Michael Kopech, Alex Cobb, Alex Wood, Josiah Gray at 70. Corey Kluber, Adam Wainwright, Noah Syndergaard, Jose Quintana, Cole Irvin, Nathan Eovaldi, Eric Lauer at 77, and Brady Singer at 78. What's it called and why is it called that? Oh, man. I have I have actually some ideas here. Uh, I, I just want to... Just want to make sure that I don't have another. Oh, <laughs> I'll save that. Okay, yeah, that that's it. Beautiful. Um, I'm gonna go with the hurt locker. <laughs> okay, <laughs> because you either hurt by taking a cherry bomb, <laughs> mm. 
which is also very fitting. Or, oh, you know what? Fine. It's a chair. It's a guy dealing with bombs in a suit. Okay. Very, very, very nice. locker. Yeah, you did it. You, you did that just like Steve Holt, which is pretty <laughs> cool. Um, all right. I want to talk a little bit about Michael Kopech. I mean, it's it's been a real up and down for him over the course of the season. But this last start, the, the velo goes back down a little bit towards 94 miles an hour. You're, you're, you're standing pat with him at 67, though. Talk to me about that decision. Uh, Michael Kopech is absolutely infuriating to to roster because he goes from 94.5 to 96 and that then goes back down to 95. Then is the knee hurting you? Are the secondaries ever going to click in? Like he is just trying to get through the year. The man is laboring, but he can still he still has good stuff. And it's uh, he's a cherry bomb. So I, I recognize you see, look. There's Braxton Garrett. I just want to take a chance on that. That feels mm. like calmer and okay. that's okay. All right. I guess we can kind of make the theme of this podcast guys who have good ERAs, but aren't really going to strike anyone out because the next person we're talking about is, well, can you guess who we're going to talk about in this tier? Good ERA. Uh, it could be, it could be Wainwright. Mm. It could be Jose Quintana. Mm. It could be Corey Kluber. Could be Cole Irvin. There it is, Cole Irvin. I mean, all of those are Toby. This is why it's a cherry bomb. It's a it's a Toby sandwich with bread of cherries. Toby sandwich with bread of cherries. Um, (laughs) Unbelievable. Yeah, we got gold in this podcast. Gold. uh, Gold cherry. Uh, 17% overall K rate, but a nice 5% walk rate. Uh, The CSW isn't really doing you any favors, but really the hard numbers have been very nice for uh, for Cole Irvin. Uh, uh, You know, not really giving him any wins because that athletics team, but recently kind of doing what he has to do. He's got a, a, what is this? One, two, three, four, five, six game quality start streak going and against right against the Jays and three of them against the Astros. That's pretty unbelievable. I, so is that am, why he's? Yeah, I, I'm just uh, what I'm trying to get at is because of this run, we're now considering him. It's not like he's been sitting there all year and then it's like mm-hmm. Nick, why didn't you go after Cole Irvin? He has a three ERA on the season. Well, it's only because his last six starts have returned a two ERA. Um, Right. I mean, it's really heavily swayed on 0.75 whip in that time uh, that we even consider uh, a but it's only a 200 Babbitt, a 3% homer with fireball rate in that time as well. Only 8.5% swing strike rate and 25% CSW. I mean, I don't know, man. I I, I don't know if I want to buy into this that much. I uh Sinker is getting a lot of CSW 37 or sorry, actually last started did 37%. It's only 24% over that stretch. He's such a Toby. He's such a Toby. So I'm going to, I was going to bring this guy up in the next tier, but now that we talk about guys who are low in ERA have relatively good uh, whips, um, but aren't necessarily getting on. He doesn't really have a good whip, but he's got a very good ERA in this span. This is the guy that I was hinting at earlier in the podcast who has not made it into the top 100, despite, um, having a 3.23 ERA since the beginning of July, working on a uh, he had a some a good amount of quality starts uh, in the past month or so, and that's someone would be curious to why he's not here. Obviously, not great, but we're talking Toby's Jordan Lyles. Jordan oh, you Lyles. want you want to do Jordan Lyles right now? 
Yeah, I mean, you know, this guy, not a lot of Ks, but a really good ERA. The whip no. isn't doing great. But listen, I actually, you know, Jordan Lyles saved me for two out of three streams, just so you know. I'm aware of <laughs> Jordan Lyles. He's kind of Mitch Keller without the Ks, where it's like the whip is killing oh, you. Oh, God. The ERA. <laughs> He's getting- Never describe. Uh, you know, if you ever had a date with me fast, I'll say, hey, how you doing? I got this guy. He's great. You know, he's Mitch Keller without the strikeouts. Like, oh, God. Uh, I'm just saying he's given you four wins in his last seven. Actually, five wins in his last eight starts. Okay. And he's kept those ratios really far oh, down. Yeah. But he's not here. Is, is, is it just that everything else is so? Okay. Remember, we're talking about the back end of the top 100. We're talking we're about a 136 win in that 3-2-3 ERA. Yeah, I hear you. That hurts you. What about Mitch Keller's whip at that time? Uh, Mitch Keller, to me, at least has some signs of being a little bit better than than Jordan Lyles. I mean, I don't really care. Like, Mitch Keller is at like, what? 88? 90. 90. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> that was a sound. It, it's uh, only because he's an Oriole, and you know it. Well, no, it's not. Well, it was because an Oriole that it came under my radar today. Um you know, just because he, he's been pitching relatively I don't. Well. I don't believe that no, Jordan Lyles not. is going to... Uh, well, there you Okay, I'm done. Okay. Uh, tier, <laughs> we, gotta, we really are going to... Of course not, he said, yeah. Tier 10, 79 through 85, Johnny Cueto, Jameson Tyone, Domingo Herman, Drew Rasmussen, Ranger Suarez, Jake Odorizzi, and Justin Steele. What's it called and why is it called that? Um, this one is called Slumdog Millionaire because... Maybe you strike gold with one of these. You certainly have if you streamed Justin Steele in that start against Miami with his 10 Ks, even though it happened just over four and two thirds innings because, well, I don't really know why. I mean, I guess he was getting into a little bit of trouble, but 93 pitches. He threw 10 Ks. Let the guy get out of the inning. Who cares? Uh, you're the Cubs. You're not vying for a wild card spot here. Um, but then again, he hadn't thrown over 90 since mm, beginning of July. So maybe that was the concern there. What do you think about Justin Steele? I think his slider has a 14% hard contact rate, and that's really good. And he had amazing pitch separation in this start with four seamers uh, up in arm side and sliders down and glove side. That's what you want to see to get those 10 strikeouts. Maybe there's something there. I'm, I'm buying more into that slider than I thought I would be. Okay. Um, Marco, sorry, excuse me. Moving on to tier 11. Um, we're talking 86 through 92. Marco Gonzalez, Kyle Gibson, Aaron Savali, Zach Plezak, Mitch Keller, James Caprillion, and Chris Flexen. What is it called? Why is it called that? Um, <laughs> the Unforgiven tier. <laughs> okay. Uh, you know that wonderful Western from uh, 1994? Yes, of course. Oh, I yeah. know Unforgiven. Yeah. yeah. Good, good, good. I mean, Clint Eastwood, man. Come on. Yeah. Um, but, uh, but yeah, all of these, I'm sure you, a lot of you have had them on your team and they blew up and you will never start them again. Okay. Um, now, Aaron Savali, a little bit interesting, if not solely because of the fact that, you know, before he get injured, he got injured, he had a really nice start against Kansas City. One earned run, six hits, seven uh, innings with no walks and six Ks. Maybe looked like the, the momentum he started to build in New York was pulling it together. Uh, then he has to uh, leave because of the wrist injury against the White Sox. Any any hope there? I mean, he's here. He's at 88. Uh, yeah, he's uh, starting against Detroit. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's as simple as that. Like, Aaron Savali goes against Detroit. No, sorry, I'm against Detroit. It's Detroit against, with, as a right-hander. They're the worst team in the majors against right-handers. All right. Let him fly. Um, 
Finally, tier 12, 93 through 100. We're talking Keegan Thompson, Yusei Kikuchi, Drew Smiley, Ian Anderson, Graham Ashcraft, Dane Dunning, Dylan Bundy, and number 100 himself, Adrian Martinez. I, I think I know what this one should be called, but I'm curious to hear your thoughts. What is it called? Why is it called that? Oh, I have so many different ones I want to choose. Here's my last one. Yeah. Um, I'm going to go with, oh, these are all so good. All right. I, There's one right answer. I, I'm not going to lie. One, There's one right answer. This one, I'm going to call it Parasite. No. Because if, if they're still on your team, they're, they're okay. parasiting your, you know, they're pulling you down. Okay. I see the way you went with it. I see the yeah. way you went with it. Uh, to okay, me, what do you I, go, I go with Crash. Oh, I was going to do Crash. Oh! It has to be. Because it's A, what is it doing uh, here? Like, how did it yeah, take it? Here? And B, it's just a it's just a train wreck. And um, well, I also, I mean, I could have gone with, uh, with Spotlight because I do want to talk about 100. Oh, very nice. Spotlight. So <laughs> l- let's end on that note. Uh, let's talk about new Mr. 100 himself. Um, you know, has this start against uh, um, San Francisco and kind of his return uh, four and a third with two and runs, one walk and five Ks. But he does pick up eight whiffs on that changeup. Mm-hmm. Um, he does kind of have the the Imperial um, ship. If you turn it on its axis a little you bit, you don't even cool. know its name. You, you don't, don't even it know it's it called again? The Imperial. <laughs> what's it called again? The Imperial. Uh, Why is it called that? Uh, the Imperial. What's it called? <laughs> nope. Not doing it. <laughs> You're just going to have to hang out there, buddy. Oh, oh, my God. The fact that I do more for your turn. Imperial you, Shuttle. The Imperial Shuttle. It's all yeah, one. The Imperial Shuttle. Congratulations, Fast. I'm so proud of you. First two letters to write. Talk to me about Adrian Martinez. Unbelievable. Um, well, first and foremost, Ian Anderson is in AAA, I know, but he's coming back and confirmed for a doubleheader later this week, so that's why he's still on the list. Um, but Adrian Martinez's changeup is so beautiful. If you were a part of Twitch, uh, the Twitch stream today, you have seen me go go through all 24 of the changeups you threw and the noises I made. Oh, oh it's such a beautiful changeup. It really, it really is. This is an elite changeup. And now that the athletics have this opening in the rotation, I really wonder if Adrian Martinez can make this work with that changeup because it's that good. Seriously, watch it for yourself. Make the same noises. It's all follow, uh, falling down in the zone right underneath it. The Giants batters are just whiffing without any sort of uh, joy in their eye. And it is it is glorious. So I, I felt like he deserved to be on it. I'm not saying pick him up now because he gets the Astros next. But if he does well against the Astros, I mean, yeah. you're going to, ooh, that changeup. So good. It's a good changeup. Very nice. Um, all Adrian right, Martinez. Uh, yeah. Adrian Martinez from Oakland. Um, you've been listening so you know that we don't have nabs tomorrow we're going to do it on wednesday we're very excited but i think yeah. it's going to do it now for episode number 336 of on the corner the official pitcherlist.com podcast i'm your host alex fast and i'm nick pollock and we'll talk to you guys next week